you are entering a realm of imagination where dreams are told between the lines of the universe. This is a Midnight Tale podcast. I am your host, Celeste, your guide through this dreamscape. Hello and welcome back everybody to Midnight Tale Podcast. I am so excited for you to be here again today for another story. Today's tale is about me and my cousin Jocelyn traveling through Ashford County, a small town in the middle of nowhere, and the darkness that we encounter there. I sat in the passenger seat with my head resting in my hand. I stared out the window at the forest of trees blurring past. There would be a break in the trees from time to time. I could see the vast open fields of golden and green mixed grasses. Gentle hills could be seen far out on the horizon with the sun glowing warmly on them. I just stared at the scenery, my mind still and relaxed. The road was empty and stretched endlessly into the country. The music and the AC were blasting high in the car. I looked in the side mirror and saw my reflection. My light brown hair was a mess and I could see a glimpse of the dark circles from my light tan face. I hoped this trip will help with the stress I had been feeling at college. I felt my phone vibrate in my hand and I swiped away a notification. I looked at the map on my phone to see we had about two hours left before we got to Oklahoma City. I turned towards my cousin Jocelyn, who was driving. She brushed her straight black hair back behind her ear. The sun glowed on her tan skin, but her face showed some tiredness. I asked, did you want to switch soon? She nodded and said, yeah, my foot is getting a little bit achy and I definitely need to pee. I rolled my eyes and laughed. You just had to go half an hour ago and haven't had any water since then. Where does it come from? She looked at me with wide eyes and her face contorted in disgust and said, I didn't actually pee at the last rest stop. I've been trying to erase it from my memory. I asked, um, what happened? She said, first of all, the toilet was disgusting. The other one was being used and so I had to go into that other toilet. But I didn't notice until it was too late. This toilet seat was wet and had a lot of questionable nasty water around the toilet i asked so why did you make me wait forever she yelled out because some freaking lady brought her pet squirrel into the bathroom it was running around on the floor and she was baby talking to it like oh sweetie be careful with the ladies you naughty boy i burst out laughing and said oh my god what you should have called me she said I didn't want that thing to freak out if you walked in. Who knows what that rat had, like rabies? I asked, so what did you do the whole time? She said, I, I couldn't leave. I had to pretend to go to the bathroom. I was over there scrunching up toilet paper and whatever. I was not leaving until she did. And that lady had the audacity to knock on the door and ask if I could hurry up. Uh, like, no, bish. <laughs> I laughed again and her face finally broke into a smile. She said, so it'll be great if you could find another gas station. I really need to go. I just shook my head and chuckled, okay. I typed in the search bar gas stations and one popped up not too far away off the main highway. I gave directions to Jocelyn and we pulled off onto a small rough road that led deeper into the forest. We passed by an old sign that said Ashford County with a population of 927. We had passed towns of this size while driving, but this one seemed particularly small and remote. Jocelyn looked around and said, I could not imagine living here bored out of my mind. I bet they get nasty bugs too here. She wrinkled her nose. I said, I think it would be nice for a weekend trip. It's so quiet and you know, just get away. Jocelyn said, I'll get away by staying at my mom's house and telling y'all I'm not there. You can enjoy all the bugs by yourself. I smirked and said, remind me to get you an electric fly swatter when you buy a house. I'm sure it'll become your favorite at-home sport. She laughed and said, you know for sure I would be a champion. We kept talking as we drove into town. 
As we entered the town, we could see a couple houses scattered around, barely peeking behind the trees. We drove for about another five minutes down the road and reached a small red and white gas station. It was old and a little run down, but it was well kept. Jocelyn turned towards me and said, Thank God. Looks like at least this one has some standards. You think the other one in the bigger town would? We parked by the pump, and while she was getting out quickly, Jocelyn said, Okay, hurry up and come with me. I said, Jocelyn, there is no one else here. You don't need me to guard you. Jocelyn looked down at me through the open door and said, You are so cruel. You're going to let that happen to me again? I need my backup. I laughed again and joked, Again? <laughs> Maybe this time it'll be a moth woman in the bathroom. Jocelyn looked at me with her best dead eyes and said, Don't even start. Come on, I laughed as we got out of the car. I opened the door and could immediately feel the heat and the humidity stick to me. As I closed the car door, an older man walked out of the small convenience store. He had gray hair poking out from under a faded baseball cap. His pale face had freckles and was wrinkled. He wore a work jumpsuit with the logo of the gas station and his name stitched on, which said Mr. Wilson. He said, howdy, what can I do for you? Jocelyn asked, can I please use your restroom? He smiled and said, go through the inside, it's on the right. She sprinted off towards the bathroom and I yelled, I'll be there in a sec. I turned towards Mr. Wilson and asked, can you please top off the tank? We are heading to Oklahoma City and we want to make sure we get there before sunset. I walked over to the driver's side and opened the door to pop open the gas door. He started filling up the gas tank and said, It's a straight shot from here. I don't think you'll have any problems. What are y'all heading into the city for, Miss? Sorry, I didn't catch your name. I said, Oh, it's Celeste, and me and my cousin Jocelyn are heading down there to enjoy a, a change in scenery and just getting away from college stress, hang out. He nodded and asked, Where are y'all from? I said, Oh, the Dallas area. He chuckled and said, Ah, oh, big city girls. I smiled and said, no kidding. He looked over his shoulder and nodded towards the little store. He said, you think your cousin is missing you in there? I laughed as I started walking towards the store. Yeah, I probably should check up on her, make sure the bugs haven't got into her yet. He nodded and laughed. I headed inside and walked towards the back, passing by a few shelves and a small refrigerated section stocked with basic groceries. I found the bathroom door at the back of the store and tapped lightly on it and asked, Hey, Jocelyn, are you good? She responded, Yeah, this place is much nicer and I get the whole thing to myself. I wish all bathrooms were like this. I don't want to be with some randoms. I let out a small chuckle and I heard the door jingle. It was Mr. Wilson entering. He looked at me from over the tops of the shelves and asked, So sorry, Miss Celeste. Is there enough bathroom tissue in there? I just wanted to double check. I tapped on the door and asked, Hey, Jocelyn, are you good in there for toilet paper? She yelled through the door, Oh, yeah, I'm great. Tell him this is one fine gas station bathroom. I turned towards Mr. Wilson and said, She's good. Mr. Wilson nodded and said, Alrighty, good then. I saw him grab a water bottle off the shelf and head back outside. I looked around the store and some of the wallpaper was yellowing. The register was old and yellowed too. The tiles were outdated and so was the refrigerators, but everything was clean and well looked after. Jocelyn got out of the bathroom and we both headed out to the pump. Mr. Wilson was finishing up and closing the gas tank door. We reached the car and he turned around. He said, okay, then it'll be $38. I turned towards Jocelyn and I said, I got the last gas station, so it's your turn. Jocelyn said, fine. She got her wallet out of the car and handed two 20s to Mr. Wilson and said, keep the change. He said, thank you very much, dear, as we got back into our cars. Mr. Wilson leaned down and said, it's a shame y'all don't want to stay here. This is a great place for some quiet downtime. I said, that's very kind of you, but me and my cousin are looking for a bit more nightlife of the human variety. Mr. Wilson chuckled and said, if y'all ever pass by again, stop on in, or if you need any directions, just give me a ring. Our number is on the website. 
Me and Jocelyn both said thank you and waved goodbye as we pulled out of the gas station. Jocelyn said, wow, he was pretty nice. I can get used to service like that. I laughed and said, don't get around. What you really want is a personal butler. Jocelyn said, can you blame me if I want the finer things in life? I said, trust me, I wish I had a personal chauffeur to do a task like this. I nodded towards the steering wheel as she tapped on it with her long white nails. We continued to chat while I drove us down the road. After about 20 minutes of driving, the car started to feel a little weird and slow down. I tried to accelerate to see if we could go faster, but it just kept slowing down. I pulled over to the side as quickly as I could and it stalled just a few seconds later. I turned off the car and looked over at Jocelyn. I said, that's really weird. I have no idea why it's stalled. I hope that all the oils are good. Jocelyn looked over at me and groaned. She said, I told my dad to look at the car before we left. I thought he did. You knew I don't have a clue. I looked at her with mild disappointment and annoyance. I reached down and popped open the hood. I pulled a spare napkin out of my pocket and checked the oils and coolant. Everything seemed to be filled and fine, nothing out of place. I didn't smell anything burning or anything weird. I heard Jocelyn roll down her window and she asked, don't you think you should check the tires? I rolled my eyes and told her, come on now, it was obviously the engine that stalled. If it was the tires, we definitely would have known it was that. I looked over at the engine one more time, but I wasn't an expert at cars. Jocelyn asked a couple minutes later, So did you find anything? Did you figure it out? I looked over to her and said, I wish. This was the last thing that I wanted to happen, especially out here in the middle of nowhere. Jocelyn said, Well, we're not too far from the last gas station, so maybe that guy could help us out. I said, yeah, we might as well. I definitely have no idea what's going on. And I'm not going to try to restart the car because I don't want to damage it if I don't know what I'm doing. Jocelyn said, well, you tried your best, but don't you think you could try it once? Maybe cooling down helped? I said, no, I don't think it's a good idea. I closed the hood and she asked again, come on, let's try one more time before we call what's his name. I got back into the driver's seat and I rubbed my eyes and I said, Mr. Wilson. She said, yeah, him. Come on, at least then we'll know for sure if it's broken before we call him. I said, okay, fine. I gently tried to turn over the engine, but it refused to start. I shook my head and said, well, we better make that call. Hopefully he can get out to us soon. God, this sucks. Jocelyn called up Mr. Wilson and asked him to come down and help us. He said that he would get to us as soon as possible, but he had to close down the shop first and could hopefully be there within the next hour. As soon as Jocelyn hung up the phone, she groaned. She said, if this piece of crap hadn't broken down, we would almost be to the city by now. But no, this thing had to be fussy. I told my dad that this car was a bad idea. I asked, are you going to tell your dad to help you buy that Lexus you wanted after this? Jocelyn looked over at me with a sly smile. Well, after this, he definitely can't deny that it's unreliable, unlike a brand new Lexus. I smiled and said, you are so devious. She cackled. We both leaned back on our chairs and talked as we waited for Mr. Wilson to arrive and we watched the sun dip lower and lower into the sky. We tried to stay as cool and still as possible as it was hot outside and the car couldn't run the AC. Thankfully, I had a mini misting bottle fan that helped keep us cool. About an hour passed by and we were both restless, irritated, and hot. Jocelyn complained, I really hope the repairs don't cost too much, especially since I don't want this car anymore. This is just what I needed, another expense. I'm definitely going to have to pick up overtime. I said, try not to worry too much. I'll help pitch in. I mean, I'm also here stuck with you. She hugged me and said thanks. As she leaned back, she said, you know, it's pretty crazy that we haven't seen any other cars pass by. You would think we would see at least one. 
This has to be the loneliest town ever. I looked down the road and in the rear view mirror, it was just endless miles of road. As I looked in the mirror again, I saw a small object moving towards us and I realized it was a tow truck. I shook Jocelyn's shoulder. I said, hey, I think he's finally here. We both got out of the car and waved him down. He pulled up in front of us, the sun reflecting off the faded red paint. He got out and we both thanked him so much. I said, I'm so sorry to inconvenience you like this, but we are so grateful that you could come out. Mr. Wilson looked out from under his cap and said, anytime. His face looked drawn and tired, and he quickly set to work looking over the car. He tried to start it, but it refused like last time. His mannerisms were more gruff and tense. I chucked it up to the heat as it didn't seem the store back at the gas station had very good air conditioning, if any at all. He looked over the engine and said, seems like you might need some new spark plugs. I said, okay, that's not too bad to replace and not too expensive. I looked over at Jocelyn and she looked relieved. I looked back at Mr. Wilson, but he was shaking his head and staring at the ground. He said, you are right, mostly. But the problem that we're running into is that your all's model and type of engine you have makes it a bit of an issue to access the spark plugs. I asked, so how long would it take for you to replace them? He looked over at the car and sighed, probably three to four hours. Jocelyn said, what? Really? We need to make that reservation at the hotel by 11 p.m. Is there anything else you could do? He looked at her, squinting as the evening sun shone in his eyes. He said, there is no other way. Sorry. Jocelyn threw her hands up into the air and said, this is just great. We're going to miss our first night out in the city. What are we even going to do for four hours out here? I reached out and patted her shoulder and said, just let the hotel know for right now. We're going to be late. She walked to the side, cursing under her breath about the car and the situation that we were in as she took out her phone. I walked over to Mr. Wilson and asked, would you be doing the repairs here? He shook his head and said, the tools I need are back in my shop at home. These are very specific in order to get this job done. You're both welcome to stay in my home while your car is getting fixed. I looked over at him slightly surprised and said, thank you, that's very kind of you, but you don't need to put yourself out like that. He waved his hand and shook his head while he said, no, 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 I couldn't sleep right knowing that you girls are stuck out here. Everybody else would have taken much longer than me to get out here and charged you an arm and a leg. I said, thank you, and now that you bring it up, um, how much is it going to cost with the tow and everything? He looked down at the ground again. He said, I'll give you girls a flat rate of 200 You already have to put up with my wife. She'll insist you stay for dinner. Jocelyn walked back into the conversation. She said, $200 and a dinner? I'm sold. I said, well, there you go. And thank you again, Mr. Wilson. I can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Mr. Wilson nodded his head once quick and said, you girls can wait in the cab while I hook up the car. Me and Jocelyn grabbed our purses out of the car. We got into the cab of the truck and it smelled slightly dusty and like gasoline. We watched Mr. Wilson as he quickly hooked up the car to the truck. I wondered what happened between the time that we left and when he arrived that put him in such a bad mood. He seemed to not want to be here. I hope it wasn't because of us and we were an inconvenience to him or he was just trying to be nice but couldn't afford it. I reminded myself to make sure to give him a big tip as soon as the repairs are over. As the car lifted into the air, the chains rattled loudly as the winch whined. Mr. Wilson got into the cab as soon as he was finished. I asked, how far is your home? He said, it's only about 10 minutes from here, not too far at all. We drove down the road and then pulled off to a smaller dirt road that took us a few minutes out into the woods. A pale yellow house emerged from the trees. It was two stories tall and had a small porch in the front. It had white shutters and a nicely carved trim. It was an old home with a peaked roof. It looked to be at least 80 years old. Some patchy grass was in the front and along the driveway in front of the house, and there were some flowers and bushes planted by the porch. 
As we drove closer to the house, a short, older woman came out from inside. She had on a long, light purple dress with a faded yellow apron that had some flowers. Her hair was cut short and looked like a white cloud around her head. She wore small framed wire glasses in front of her pale face. She stood on the porch and waved as we drove closer. Mr. Wilson parked in front and said, I'll drop you off here, girls. I'll drive around back to my shop to park the car there. Me and Jocelyn both got out of the car and walked towards the house. The woman at the front of the house called out to us and said, Hello, girls. Mr. Wilson told me that you would be coming tonight. So sorry to hear about your car trouble. I'm Mrs. Wilson. Please come on in and make yourself at home. Me and Jocelyn briefly glanced at each other, both feeling slightly uncomfortable about entering a stranger's house. Mrs. Wilson was so friendly and inviting. We walked up the creaky steps and entered the house. It was not much cooler inside, but provided some relief from the heat, and a large fan swirled overhead. The house had yellowing and slightly peeling old green wallpaper, and it had golden brown wood paneling reach up about a third of the way before the wallpaper began. The interior of the house seemed just as old as the exterior. Off to the left was a small living room which had two antique couches and a matching carved wooden table and a large fireplace in the front. In front of us was a hallway and it had the same golden brown paneling lining the walls, but this time it had light blue wallpaper with it. There was a skinny wooden staircase that hugged the wall up to the second story. To the right, there was a closed doorway, and I could see more doorways further down the shadowy hall and under the staircase. Mrs. Wilson was chattering away and talking about her home and the dinner she had prepared. She led us down the hallway and shoveled us both into the kitchen that had the doorway under the stairs. It was bright and large in the kitchen with a small table set to the side. The kitchen had old white appliances and old nicely carved cupboards. Mrs. Wilson said, please, please sit. Would you like any beverages? I said, oh, can I just get some water? And Jocelyn said, water too, please. Mrs. Wilson said, Oh, please try my lemonade. I made it freshly today, and it will certainly revive you from the heat. Jocelyn hesitated, but she said, Thank you, that would be great. I looked over at Mrs. Wilson and gave her an awkward smile, and I said, Sorry, Mrs. Wilson, but I really don't like lemonade. Water will be just great for me. Mrs. Wilson shook her head and said, Is there any other juice you would like? I have it all. Please, there is no bother. I thought for a second and asked, do you have any apple juice? If not, that's fine. Mrs. Wilson waved her hand and said, no worries at all, dear. Of course we have some. She quickly went to the fridge and opened it. The door blocked our view from looking inside, but she pulled out two glasses that already had been poured, which was a little odd. As she handed us our drinks, she said, so sorry, girls. I have no ice right now, but I knew about your arrival and I made sure to pour all of the drinks. I put the glasses in the fridge so that the glass would keep the drink cool once I took it out. I said, thank you for thinking about us. You have a lovely home. She said, oh, thank you very much. It's been in my family for many years. I raised my three kids in this house, and it has a lot of good memories. She looked a little sad while saying that and stared off into the distance for a second. She shook her head and walked over towards the stove and began pulling out trays of food. She said, I hope you guys are hungry. She called past her shoulder and she said, please drink up while I finish plating up dinner. I took a big gulp of my juice and it was refreshingly cold. I finished about half my cup and set it down. It was tasty and sweet, but it had a bit of an aftertaste. It probably was a brand of juice I wasn't used to. I looked over at Jocelyn and she had happily finished most of her lemonade. I looked over at Mrs. Wilson and she was cutting up lasagna, placing them on the plates. She served us small slices of lasagna and quickly gave us another set of drinks, which we both drank happily. We heard the front door open and then bang close. Mr. Wilson came into the kitchen and joined us at the dinner table. We enjoyed the plates of lasagna together and Mrs. Wilson kept up the conversation for all three of us. She told us about some of the town gossip and how the weather had been like. 
She asked about us and our trip. Me and Jocelyn told her pretty much the same thing that we had told Mr. Wilson. We both interjected into the conversation here and there, but Mr. Wilson was very quiet and he didn't say anything unless he was asked a direct question. We were finishing up the dinner and I began to feel very tired. I looked over to Jocelyn and her eyes were droopy and tired. I finished up my lasagna and Miss Wilson gathered the dishes. I said, I can help you. But the tiredness began to grow more and more. Mrs. Wilson said, oh, no, no, no. You're my guest. Please go to the living room and relax. I'll join you soon. I said, okay. And Jocelyn let out a big yawn. Miss Wilson said, you must be tired from all that driving and waiting in the car. Please go relax on the couches. I don't mind at all. I got up and felt a little wobbly and I stretched my arms to try to wake up a little. I couldn't believe how tired I was, but the heat probably had taken its toll on us while we had waited in the car. I started walking to the living room and I heard Jocelyn shuffling behind me. She stumbled and almost fell over. I asked, are you okay? She said, yeah, this is why I need AC. Miss Wilson said, please be careful, y'all. The floor can be a little uneven. Sorry about that. I said, okay, great. Me and Jocelyn plopped onto the couch and my eyelids started getting heavier and heavier. I could hear Miss Wilson and Mr. Wilson whispering loudly to each other. They sounded mad or scared or a combination of both. I had never felt so tired before in my life. I could feel myself almost being dragged and wrapped up into sleep. I looked over at Jocelyn and she had already passed out, but she had her head lying on the wooden armrest and it looked really uncomfortable. I reached out to her to pull her up and make her more comfortable, but my hands felt so far away from my body and I couldn't get a good grasp on her arm. I tried to talk to her and say, hey Jocelyn, you good? but it came out soft and slightly slurred. I wanted to be scared, but I was so tired and I couldn't figure out what was happening. I realized that my body felt so far away and it was so hard to move. I struggled to stand up, but I fell hard on my hands and knees. I tried crawling on the floor and said, hey, hey, hey. I heard footsteps coming down the hall and my arms gave out before they got to the living room. I laid on the floor, fighting back the darkness that was behind my eyelids. I looked up to see Mr. and Mrs. Wilson staring down at me. I tried to say help, but all I was doing was clearing my throat and making soft noises. They stood there, not moving at all. Mrs. Wilson looked sad and didn't even look at me. She held Mr. Wilson's arm tightly while he looked stressed out and was chewing his nails. Before I drifted off into the dark, I thought, there was no help for me. I woke up startled and I felt very groggy. It was dark and I could barely see around me. I lifted my head up slowly and tried to blink away the sleepiness. As my eyes adjusted, I could see that I was on a small bed with four skinny posts. It had just a fitted sheet around the mattress. I saw Jocelyn on the other side of the bed stretched out against the headboard, her head dangling off the side. I reached towards her and shook her shoulder, but she didn't respond. The bed squeaked as I struggled to get up off of it. I looked around the room I was in. I noticed that there was some hay and pine shavings on the floor. The wall next to me had a small barred window with no glass that barely let in any moonlight. The walls were wooden and went up to the ceiling, and there was a wall that had bars that looked out to the rest of the building. I realized I was in a horse stall and most likely a barn. I was getting more scared and just wondering why this was happening. I looked around the stall again and noticed something. One odd thing about the stall, there was a cutout in one of the walls and on top of it was a metal sliding door that went up and down. There was two metal cables that stretched from the top of the metal door and out a hole drilled in the wood over the bars. I couldn't even think about how this information could help me as I was still trying to shake off the sleepiness. I walked back over to Jocelyn and tried to shake her awake again. 
I called out her name, but she still didn't wake up. I thought back to the dinner and realized she had drank more than I had, so whatever they had used on us had affected her worse. I heard a small shuffling noise from the right wall with the weird sliding door. Then I heard a voice speak through the wall. It was a man's voice and he said, Hey, who's there? I called out, hello? He responded, oh, thank God, somebody else is here. Although I shouldn't say that because that means you're stuck here with me. I said, who are you? I saw a shadowy hand move in the corner of my eye. I walked over and I saw the hand pull back. I stretched my own arm out and felt on the other side and I realized there was another stall with bars just like this one. It also had a tarp hanging over the top of the bars and I had to slip my hand under it to feel the bars. My eyes had adjusted to the dark and I could see that the other side of the barn did not have stalls. There was a large table and I could faintly see a bunch of tools hanging on the wall. I saw the tow truck and our car sitting hooked up to it still. I heard the voice much closer now, just a couple feet away from me. I heard the man say, My name is Matt. I've been stuck here for about two days. I said, My name is Celeste and I'm stuck here with my cousin Jocelyn and she's still not waking up. Matt said, They did the same thing to me. They drugged me and then they brought me here. It might take a little bit of time for your cousin to wake up. I asked, do you have any idea about why we're here? He said, they're just crazy. They didn't tell me nothing. Just put me in this cage and they've only brought me some water. I sure could go for a burger right now. He scoffed. I've only come in a few times. I asked, have you figured a way out yet? He said, I tried, but... This thing is like a freaking prison. The walls are too sturdy and the bars are too small to get through. Try to kick down the doors and the walls, but they're solid. Think the only way I might be able to get us out is through that metal door. If I can get to the other side, I might be able to help you by working with all three of us. Is there anything on your side to help us out? As I looked around the room, I felt on the floor and the walls. I said... The only thing here is a bed and nothing but hay on the floor, but I'll keep searching. He said, lucky you, I have nothing but a bucket over here. I walked around the bed to the very corner and I saw a bucket hiding there too. I knocked on it and said, I guess we have one too. He called out, wow, deluxe suite over there. I just shook my head. I reached the window and shook the bars, but they were solidly in place. I looked out into the forest and saw the moon was barely shining through the leaves and probably just above the tree line. I probably hadn't been knocked out for too long. I looked through the trees and noticed some shiny blue and green eyes staring back at me. I blinked and they were gone again, but then they reappeared along with a couple of other eyes. I sent a chill down my spine because it felt like they had been watching me all this time and they knew I was watching them. I felt my skin prickle and the hair stand up on my arms and I felt cold with a little fear. I couldn't see their bodies, but it was just dark and shrouded in shadows over there in the forest. I thought they had to be some type of animal, but it seemed like they were too tall. I called out to Matt, hey, do you see that out there in the forest? I heard him shuffling in the next stall and I heard him whispering. The eyes blinked out again and more reappeared. His whispering grew louder and I said, what's going on? He was quiet for a second and said, I think they're just coyotes. We have a big problem with them over here. I said, I guess those are pretty big coyotes. He said, don't worry about them. They really aren't our concern right now. Tell me, is there anything else in that room of yours? I looked out the window and those eyes just felt off but I didn't want to stare at them anymore. I got down on my hands and knees and felt around on the floor looking for anything, a screwdriver, a rock, a nail, anything. As I crawled around on the floor, I noticed shadows moving across the moonlight. I whirled around and noticed large shadows quickly crossing past the bars. I scooted backwards in fear and I thought it was Mr. Wilson. I blinked my eyes rapidly trying to figure out if what I had just seen was real. I quickly crawled to the barred door. I reached my arm through the bars and felt around. 
I felt the sliding handle of the door and the large padlock that was locked around it. I pushed on the door frantically and I could feel that it swung a little bit on the bottom. I pushed harder towards the bottom and only my shoulder could barely squeeze through the gap. As I was pushing on the door, I heard more whispering coming from Matt's side of the wall. It was excited whispering coming from him. The other whispers were very quiet and monotone, almost like someone was just breathing out. I didn't trust what was happening anymore. If this was real or if those drugs had messed with something in my head. But also Matt was way too casual for a situation like this. I got up and went over to Jocelyn again. I pulled her up so she laid across the bed comfortably. I sat her up and her head rolled to the side. I held her tight and straightened out her head. I pinched her cheeks and called out her name over and over again, but she still didn't wake up, just moved her head out of my hands. I laid her back down on the bed and frantically thought of a way to wake her up. And then an idea clicked. I knew she hated having her feet touched. And I felt bad for what I was going to do. But I had to wake her up. She was wearing sandals and I could see her toes clearly. I moved as far away as I could and stretched my arm out to her toes. I then pinched real hard with my nails in between her big toe and her second toe. She started kicking wildly into the air and I jumped back. I saw her eyes open and her arms started waving around too. I moved towards her head and said, Jocelyn, come down. It was only me. Jocelyn, it's okay. She looked over at me and pushed herself up. I quickly went and sat down next to her. She looked over at me with unclear eyes and she slowly looked around. I said quietly, I don't know what's going on or what Mr. Wilson wants with us, but I just know that we're locked up in here and you have to help me figure a way out. She rubbed her eyes hard and sat up completely. She looked over at me and said, Did you touch my feet? I scoffed and said, Yeah, to wake you up. She nodded her head and said, Good, I thought a spider bit me. I don't want to add to our problems. I helped her stand up, and she was a bit wobbly, but she quickly steadied herself. I quickly caught her up on what happened, and that I hadn't found anything useful in the room. I also whispered to her, there's a guy named Matt in the next room, and he's also stuck here with us. But he's a little weird. I, I don't know, maybe he's dehydrated, going loopy? We could both still hear him whispering. She walked over to the barred window and looked out. She said, hey, what's that? I walked over to the window and looked out and saw the same creepy eyes. Even though the moon was higher in the sky now, the forest was still very dark and I could just barely see their outlines. Jocelyn said, they don't look like animals. Are those people? I felt my body run cold. I said, you see them too? I was hoping I was just seeing things. We both slowly backed away from the window and the eyes were still watching us. Jocelyn started shaking and quickly turned away. She said in a shaky voice, what are those things? Oh God. And she put her hands over her face. I hugged her and squeezed my eyes shut too. I said, I don't know. I heard Matt call out, hey, it seems like your cousin is awake. I let go of Jocelyn, but held her hand tight and we walked over towards the middle door. I said, yeah, she's all right. Thankfully, she woke up quickly. I heard her mumble under her breath. Yeah, sure. She said, are you doing all right over there? He said, they don't give me a lot of water, so I'm dehydrated, you know. We both looked at each other and Jocelyn gave me a weird look. She said, do you have anything on your side that could help us get out? What's it like over there? He said, well, I told your cousin that I've been trying to kick down the doors and pull out the window, but that hasn't worked a whole hell of a lot. It's just me in a bucket. Jocelyn was quiet for a second and said, hey, could you take off the handle of the bucket? Maybe we could use it. He sighed and said, I don't know how that'll be any good, but I guess. I heard him struggling and cursing under his breath as he tried to take out the handle. I asked Jocelyn, what are we going to do with that? She shook her head and said, I don't know, maybe use it to pick the lock? It was the only thing I could come up with. You got any ideas? 
I just shook my head and we both sat down on the bed thinking. After a couple minutes, Matt called out and said, okay, I got it. Jocelyn stood up and walked over to the bars. I could barely see Matt's hand, but as I looked more closely, it kind of looked a little weird. She grabbed the handle and froze for a few seconds. I said, Jocelyn? She dropped the handle and took a couple steps back before stumbling and landing on the floor. I rushed over to her and asked, what's wrong? Her eyes were wide as she stared at the space where Matt's hand was. I looked at it and it still looked weirdly dark for the light that was streaming in, but he pulled it back before I could really focus on it. I looked back at Jocelyn and she was still staring at the same spot. I shook her gently and asked, tell me what's wrong. She wrapped her arms around herself and closed her eyes tight. She whispered, it's hopeless, isn't it? I hugged her as hard as I could, and then I heard the main barn door open and close. I saw a bright light shining through the dark. Footsteps slowly approached. I tried to stand up to look, but Jocelyn held onto me too tightly. A lantern beamed into the stall, and I could see Mr. Wilson was holding it. Also, tucked under his arm was a shotgun. He looked at me with no expression. I was terrified seeing the gun, but I was enraged that he had tricked us. I tried to calm down, to try to talk some sense into him. What do you want? Mr. Wilson looked so sad for a moment and then looked down at the ground. He said nothing. Suddenly, Matt spoke and said, hey. This startled Mr. Wilson and he jumped back. He took several steps backwards and set the lantern on the back of the tow truck. He placed both hands on his gun. Matt said, hey, old man, I'm starving. I've been waiting here forever. Mr. Wilson looked towards Matt's stall. I saw fear in his eyes. I was so confused and I felt Jocelyn wince whenever Matt spoke. Matt called out again. Come on, old man. I've been as patient as I can be. I'm sure you saw my friends out there as well. Mr. Wilson raised his gun up and said, I need to hear you promise. All I have is your word. I heard Jocelyn say, no, no. And she started crying. I asked her again, what happened? But she was crying so much she couldn't respond. Matt said, well, you're going to have to look at me. It's the only way to make the pact. Mr. Wilson's shoulders started trembling. And he said, Jesus, no. I heard Matt rip off the tarp from the front of the stall. Mr. Wilson immediately looked down and to the side. I could see tears slowly dripping down his face. Matt said in a cold voice, look at me. Mr. Wilson shook his head lightly. He let on one sob and his gun sagged into his hands. Matt said, look at me. Look at me. Come on, look at me, Dad. The word Dad spun around in my head. I was shocked. Matt said, it's a little late for second thoughts. But don't worry, Dad. My word is binding. I've allowed you to keep me here. Or I could have asked my friends to help me out. So, you picked something off the menu, so I didn't have to. All I had to do was just wait for you to come back from the drive-thru. Matt chuckled sarcastically to himself. Mr. Wilson took a shaky breath and looked up. More tears streamed down his face. Mr. Wilson shakily said, I know you're still there, Matt. I can tell you're different from the others out there. You can fight it. I can see you're still there. You're still there under that darkness. <laughs> Matt said flatly, Stop prolonging the inevitable. It's tiring. My friends are not tearing apart your grandkids' soul out of courtesy for my situation. If you kill me, they're the first ones that they will hunt down. Mr. Wilson just shook his head and said, Please, Matthew. Matt said nothing, and I could see the moonlight blotted out. I turned around quickly and saw those same reflective green-blue eyes right in the window. The whispering sounded strangled and like dry, rattling leaves. I noticed it was nothing but shadows, I couldn't see any faces or clothes. The shadows looked at me blankly. No emotion, not even an animalistic gaze, just blank. Jocelyn turned her head and screamed as soon as she saw the shadows. 
She scrambled to the other side of the room and hid in the corner. Fear started pounding through my veins. Matt said, what's it going to be? Mr. Wilson hesitated and then said, I accept your pack. Now you. Matt said, your blood family, your kids and grandkids from here to eternity are spared in exchange for two sacrifices to complete me. Mr. Wilson lowered his gun and walked over to the other wall. He pulled on a metal cable and I heard a click from the metal sliding door. I quickly ran over to the door and tried to hold it shut. I saw two hands squirm their way under the door and push it up. I could see that Jocelyn was still hiding in the corner shaking, but I needed her. I yelled, Jocelyn, help me! She looked over at me and she saw I was struggling to keep the door shut. Her wide eyes narrowed with determination and she ran over and held the door down. We both struggled to keep the door shut, but we heard the metal cable scrape against the wood and with a hard yank, the door flew open. Jocelyn fell backwards and landed flat on her back. I stumbled backwards with tears in my hands bleeding from the door being ripped out of them. The first thing I saw was the shiny blue-green reflective eyes. I looked hard through the dark fog and I saw just the shadow of a man looking at me with dead eyes. Matt was completely covered in shadows and I could barely see his blonde hair and light blue shirt. He screeched horribly like he was dying and then lunged at Jocelyn and grabbed her. He pinned her down onto the floor and she started screaming. She tried to fight him off, but the shadow started to cover her. I raced over and pounded on his back. When I reached through that dark fog, I could feel how cold it was, like ice water. Absolute fear rocked in my head and it made me want to throw up. And I felt all these negative emotions ready to boil over, but I kept one thing in mind. He still had a body under those shadows. I kicked him and I punched him and I could see Jocelyn was trapped under a swirling mass of shadows. Matt looked at me and he shoved me as hard with one hand. I stumbled back and bumped into the post of the bed. I had a sudden idea and kicked the post off the bed. It snapped off and the end was jagged and pointed. I charged him at it, stabbed him in the side with the post. He let out a scream and I frantically kept stabbing him as fast as I could. Jocelyn was able to get a hand free and she started scratching him in the face with her long nails. And she even stabbed him in the eye. I heard Mr. Wilson scream, no! Matt started to get up and I swung the post right into his face. He reeled back and the shadows leapt up from Jocelyn and swirled frantically around him. I started beating him in the head and I could hear a crack each time it came down until the post broke across his head. I heard the shotgun cock and I stopped. Mr. Wilson was standing there with the door open with the gun pointed at me. He gestured towards the corner and said, drop it and get over there. I dropped the broken post and scrambled over to Jocelyn, who was sitting up and breathing hard. I asked, are you okay? She nodded and held out her hand. Almost all the nails on her right hand were broken off, except the pinky and the thumb. Blood stained the white nails. We quickly got into the far corner and watched as Mr. Wilson crouched down by Matt. He was holding his eye and blood was staining his shirt. The shadows raced around his body furiously. Mr. Wilson kept the gun on us as he knelt down. He was crying and reached out to touch Matt's shoulder. He shuddered as soon as he touched him. I'm sure feeling how cold he was. Mr. Wilson sobbed out. I would give anything to help you. I don't want you to die, Matt. Matt looked at him with his one good eye. He said, would you? Even like this? Mr. Wilson nodded and said, I love you, son. Matt looked at him and then smiled and then lunged at him and headbutted him. Mr. Wilson yelled out in pain and dropped the gun. I jumped and pulled Jocelyn up to her feet. As we ran past, Jocelyn pulled my hand for a second and we stopped so she could reach to get the gun. As I looked at Matt, he looked up at me and I could see his eye had already healed. I saw the other shadow beings phasing through the wall. Me and Jocelyn ran to the tow truck and I checked to see if there were any keys inside. I scrambled looking in all the obvious spots, but there was nothing. I cursed and I heard a loud sharp boom. 
and I saw Jocelyn had shot at Matt and the other shadows surrounding him. He was now kneeling over his dad's still body. I ran over to Jocelyn and yanked her towards the door. We ran outside and we saw the back of the Wilson's house. There was an old station wagon on the side of the house where the kitchen was. As we ran closer to the house, we saw a figure standing, sitting on the bottom steps of the back porch. It was Miss Wilson. I slowed down, but Jocelyn kept running with the gun pointed at Miss Wilson. She yanked me along. I said, okay, I'm checking on the station wagon. She said, no, she could pick you off. We ran up to Mrs. Wilson and Jocelyn demanded the keys from her. I turned around and I saw Matt walking out of the barn. I squeezed Jocelyn's hand hard and she nodded. Mrs. Wilson was holding out the keys. I grabbed them and Jocelyn immediately started backing away. I ran towards the car. As I was running, I heard Miss Wilson say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to drag y'all to this. Jocelyn yelled, be sorry when you die like him. I reached the car and jumped inside. I started it and Jocelyn jumped into the passenger side. I quickly pulled around to the driveway and floored it. I felt the wheels spin and finally grip, shoving us forward. I looked into the rearview mirror and I saw Mrs. Wilson walking towards Matt. She held her arms out to him and he engulfed her in darkness. There was a terrible screech and then all we heard was the tires grinding into the dirt. We raced down the road, bumping and jerking. Finally, we made it to the main road. As I tried to turn, the wheels slipped in my hands. I looked down and I noticed the steering wheel was covered in blood. I looked over at Jocelyn and she was staring straight back, holding the gun tightly in her hands. I said, Jocelyn. She wouldn't look at me and we rode in silence for a while. I could see lights up ahead of a bigger town and the familiar signs of stores in the distance. I said, Jocelyn, are you okay? She looked over at me and her eyes were filled with rage and fear. And as she stared at me, her eyes softened and she said, Celeste, never take me out to the country again. I smiled lightly and she sat down right next to me as we pulled closer to the bright lights of town. Thank you everybody for listening to a Midnight Tale podcast. I'm so glad that you were here today. Please let me know what you thought about today's tale. Let me know who was your favorite character and what do you think about the lore of Ashford County. Please follow us, like, and subscribe. There are a lot more tales waiting to be told. And this is me, Celeste. Signing off until again, we'll see you in your dreams. <laughs>